This episode of the Dicebreaker Podcast is sponsored by eBay. Level up your trading card game selling with eBay's new image scanning tool. Sellers can now scan their trading cards and create a listing in half the time. The new selling tool supports Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and coming soon, sports trading cards and other collectible card games. It's an easy three-step process. Simply open your eBay app, go to selling, and search for your card category. Use the new image tool to snap a photo and enter in other details like condition and price. Hit list your item and you're done. It's a snap. Get the eBay app now on iOS or Android, list your Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and start making money on your collections. To learn more, visit ebay.com forward slash scan to list. Link in the description below. I realized that there was like literally no indicator to when the ad was going to end, so it just went blank and I was like, okay. <laughs> Liv was just nodding like that, and Matt was like, I wait for my cue, and if I if the cue never comes, then I will just sit in stasis for as long as it takes. For forever, yeah. Oh, wow, that's very powerful. We have a lot of power there. We mm. can just <laughs> stand off. Uh, also here, hello, Alex Meehan, how are you today? Hello, I'm Alex Meehan. <laughs> Hi, Alex Meehan. <laughs> uh, I'm alright, yeah, I'm good. Um, Great. I put some. I I had a bird feeder, but the birds poo pooed it. Uh, uh, not literally. They did, yeah, I was going to say just okay, they just it. didn't. Yeah. They didn't want to use it, rather than. Yeah, that. they didn't want to know. Um, oh, so I, it was one of those ones you stick to the to the window. Um, right. But uh, I wasn't getting any action, so I popped it out on mm-hmm. the table in my front garden, and now the squirrels are eating it. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's quite cute. I get to watch the little squirrels take some seeds. Cool. For their hibernation. So that's what happened to me today. Growing right. adventures. Congratulations. Uh, life. Our increasing transition into a country file spin off is, <laughs> yeah, is in full swing. Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I would do country file, but I would rescue all the cows from the farms. <laughs> And be yeah. like, screw you, farmers, and then let all the cows loose. And cows are really big. Off. Like cows, they like they need a lot of space, you know. Hmm. Yeah, let them free. Oh, oh you right, sort of let them free. General, oh, they yeah. wouldn't survive, man. Oh, they'd run out into no, the, the roads would. and stuff. Oh, well, it's that all the all the other things. Bad. <laughs> yeah, just it's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. No, I would I would keep them in a big house. The big house house. jail, man. You can't put them in jail. (laughs) No, I would have a big house and put them in there. Along with all the chickens I'd save as well. And then you'd realise, oh no, how am I going to pay for this big house? Maybe I should get into milking. And that's where the cycle Mm. starts, man. That's where it starts. (laughs) Capitalism always gets you in the end. Gets you. No, I would sell tickets. You can come into the house. It's a petting (laughs) farm. Yeah. Yeah, so you're definitely. still exploiting them, but in a different way. Mm. Yeah, but in a way that they might enjoy. <laughs> yeah, <it>. enthusiastically, yes. <laughs> of course I am. Yeah. What an idiot. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to you know, it's good to see you both. I yeah. haven't haven't seen you since we got back from Essen. I haven't seen yeah. you in person, I should say. Mm. Uh, 
we were out at Essenspiel last weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, we got back on Sunday after a very, very long train journey. Uh, oh, it was long. Yes, yeah. yeah. so, so long. German rail system delays. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to Guy who was like, oh, you should have gotten the earlier one. We were like, how are you? Oh, mm, thank yeah. you. Big Great. thanks to the guy on the train that was also delayed and just helpfully told us that we would miss our train and then said, oh, you should have gotten a different train that arrived on time. Like, yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's really, wow. really helpful in retrospect, yes. Yeah, no, we know the German train system inside and out. <laughs> and it was obvious, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, but look, we we made it back. It was a yeah. good. It was a good show. Yeah, I, yeah, it was a good show for me at least. Uh, like, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, you would know more than us, Mr. Jarvis, because mm. we've only been once. Um, but like, how did it compare to the previous shows? It was. It was definitely there were fewer people, uh, which is understandable because they'd limited capacity, obviously due to. Uh, coronavirus, mm -hmm. but it didn't necessarily feel that much more spaced out because they had also kind of put up um, like boards and barriers to shut off part of the convention halls. So in some ways it was fewer people but crammed into less space. So it still felt busy, particularly on the Saturday. Mm. Uh, and I think compared to previous years, there were obviously some publishers uh, who did not attend. Um, kind of the Asmodees of the world uh, were notably absent. But for the most part, there were still a lot of companies there, a lot of games being shown off. Mm. I think mm -hmm. there were fewer massive releases than in mm. previous years. Essen tends to be a bit of a scattershot anyway, because it's just like, here are loads of games all at once, mm -hmm. uh, rather than there just being two or three incredibly big releases. Um, but it definitely felt like it was the kind of first step back into something. Uh, rather than just like a continuation of what happened in 2019 and, and before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a great show. I think uh, they did a really good job around the health and safety aspects of it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's worth saying we, so we obviously went out, we took tests while we were there. Um, for entry, they required proof of vaccination and masks were mandatory throughout. Uh, we've all come back since and we've all tested negative on PCR tests. So, uh, yes, we we made it there and back and did not pick anything up. So... It, That's nice. it, and it felt safe <laughs> there. It felt like people were generally distancing. Um, obviously, yeah, as you were the, moving yeah, past each other, as we were moving past mm. each other, a lot of people, <clears throat> yeah, were not. But it was kind mm. of impossible in in many places. Um, yeah. And th there was hand sanitizer, like all everywhere. Hands, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> uh, everyone the walls. was. Yeah. was wearing their masks at least like in the hall in the places where you could eat and drink stuff people weren't but that was kind of outside-ish so it was and there was loads of space there mm. people but tended all... to spread out into little groups when they had food mm. yeah uh, so yeah didn't feel like they were just ripping off the masks and you know standing next to yeah them. in the in the in the halls everyone was wearing a mask mm. uh and i was like this is great mm. and then i came back to the, the uk and on our train back to Brighton, just like two mm. people were wearing a mask. Yeah. It's so bad. It's it's astonishing, like yeah. how much people just do not care anymore. Um, compared to in Germany, where on every train we went to, people were wearing masks. In the shops, people were mm -hmm. wearing masks. And their medical grade masks as well. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they specify. So mm -hmm. um, it was just the difference is just astounding. 
Um, so I was like, okay. Yeah. Shout out to Europe. We miss you. Yeah. We uh, miss you. Yeah. Take us back. We're please. sorry. We're sorry for what we've done. <laughs> We're really sorry. There was a <laughs> so... yeah. There was a lot of talk about that. Uh, a lot of people going, hmm, Brexit hurt, and they're going, hmm, COVID hurt. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just kind of looking sadly at Sadly. The UK just being like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> for this cesspit of an island. Mm. Yeah. Now it is. <laughs> But yeah, Essen it continues to continues to be a great show. Everyone we met was friendly, as they all tend to be. I think there were just by the nature of things, like when I've attended in previous years, you'll see a lot of people playing in the lobbies of hotels and kind of mm. playing with strangers. In our hotel actually there was kind yeah. of a room dedicated for people playing board games, but it it's felt cool. like there You're were fewer people group. just yeah. like wandering around and taking a look at things. It was kind of, you know, people were respecting kind of each other's boundaries and so on. Which makes mm. sense. But it was still quite nice to <clears throat> spiel is clearly such a big deal in the city um like we were we weren't a million miles away from the mesa essen but we weren't just around the corner and even then they had you know roped off a room and there were probably i don't know a, a dozen or so different little groups depending hmm. on the day yeah that room uh, was full like, yeah every night they did it it was full mm-hmm. so yeah no it was it was great mm-hmm. and it's like the first you know, proper convention I've, I've been to mm. since I started working for Dicebreaker. But so, damn pandemic, um, I'm sure you would have been to many more, but... <laughs> yeah, no, um, it, was, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was just nice, I was saying to Matt, it's just nice to be surrounded by people who were playing board games. Yeah. Um, it was cool, it was like, I am with my people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and we got to play quite a few board games ourselves, didn't we, children? We did. Yes, yes. it was. Mama? I think that was one of the strangest things about it Mama. is getting getting people together for a game uh, over the last few months or so on. It's it's happened, mm. but it's not happened anywhere as close to regularly as I would like. Whereas at Essen, it was just you know we would sit down after dinner and play stuff together. We were playing stuff on the train. We were playing stuff in the halls. Uh, it was just yeah it was like going from zero to 100 again but it was very very good Mm -hmm. and uh yes what did we play do we i feel like we've played quite a lot of the same stuff so should we just kind of go through and uh like chat about some of the things we played at essen you also so for folks who are listening uh if you missed our podcast from essen itself on day one you can catch that back on the channel uh but we had only played one day's worth of games there whereas Mm. Now we've played an entire weekend's worth of games. Woo! A lot more to chat about. Um, so yeah, should we should we go through? Uh, yeah. has, okay, let's. I tell you what. Has anyone got anything more to say about Far Cry Beyond, which was no. we all played together? We've we've played. No, we've done that to death. I feel like it's yeah. We've we've set a piece. We've got it today. We played on it. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, you can go and watch that if you wish to know why it's bad. But... You can. Yeah, uh, um, I think our reaction to that suggestion from Mr. Jarvis should tell you everything you need to know about <laughs> what we thought about Far Cry Beyond. Yeah, I want to play the Far. Cry, <laughs> I want to play the Far Cry games now just to see what the deal is. Like, I mean, I know, yeah, like me and Miam were saying, we're like we know of them peripherally, but we haven't proper proper played them. They've so. never appealed to me. Like, mm-hmm. they're very much uh, that style of Ubisoft sandbox game mm-hmm. that I find very boring now which is basically every game they make mm-hmm. uh, now, which is just a big-ass map, mm-hmm. uh, loads of markers on it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go on. 
yeah, I, to me it always seemed like a very um, Call of Duty-esque campaign thing so I don't know what I was thinking mm. of but no mm. I, I, as far as I know the general appeal of Far Cry is you got this big setting this big map that you can ride around in or walk around in or boat around in or whatever and then you kill the local wildlife and craft it into various other things Hmm. and you can take down watchtowers or do some story missions or things like that and then that basically became every game that Ubisoft makes. Yeah. Yeah. Plant uh, tower, shoot dog, make yeah. pouch. Like, they, those yeah, are the exactly. That's... Oh, no. I don't want to shoot go. dog. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I think yeah. there's some dog shooting going on. Nah, I'm out. Um, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> no, thank yeah. you. Didn't like that about the board game. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so, enough uh, of Far Cry. Enough of Far <laughs> yes. Cry. It's yeah. had its time in more ways than one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Other things we played. Together, we played, uh, tell you what we played, Liv and me, and which you already know, but for the sake of the audience, we played Cheating Moth. Cheating Moth! Yeah! <laughs> so, we got to clarify something here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Cheating Moth uh, is not a new game. It's been out for several years. Um, however, it might well be that or Cockroach Poker. It may well be the best game we played. Game of the year. Game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> game of the year, everyone. It's game of the year. Um, we joke. It, I brought my copy of Cockroach Poker on with me because I was like, well, we might want to play something on the train. Mm-hmm. And I was just eager to play anything um, with people again. And so we played that on the train to Essen, Cockroach Poker. Mm. And I don't think Liv or... Had Lonies played it before? I can't remember. I don't think so. I can't remember. I don't think they, I don't think they had. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but... Yeah, I and this Jarvis had, but you hadn't played it for a good few years, and you have a copy uh, now. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we played Cockroach Poker, and for anyone who doesn't know what Cockroach Poker is, it's a bluffing game where you have to pass off various different suits of cards, which are themed around like what what the series calls lovingly ugly animals, <laughs> and I take yeah, affront quite, to that. It's quite harsh. Because... I, know. I think I some love... of them are very cute. Bats and the rat, the bats and the and the rats are adorable, and I will stand yeah, by them. The bats are great. The bats mm. are top tier. Mm-hmm. The toads, I'm toads a big are fan fine. Of toads. I like the spiders. Toads are great. You like you um, like spiders. Yeah, <laughs> I think spiders. <laughs> uh, and some of the cockroaches have very good energy. Mm. I mm. sort of vibe yeah. with. A lot of them look like they should be cracking open a beer in a bath. Yeah. <laughs> they did, yeah. <laughs> I think the expressions on the toads are especially very good. Mm. Uh, they just look very like, like, like frumpy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you can, so when it's your go, you have to pass a card to someone face down mm-hmm. and you can claim it to be whatever you like. So you can claim it to be what it actually is. For example, a cockroach mm-hmm. uh, and then the person that you're giving it to can either uh, confirm or deny if it is a cockroach mm-hmm. or they can take the card and attempt to pass it on to someone else they do not have to say it's a cockroach <laughs> they can say it's something else like a fly so for example mm. like a fly mm. for example yes <laughs> um, and the person so if the person challenges it if they got it right then the person who gave them the card gets the card. Yeah. If they got it wrong, they get the card. And mm. then the person who gets four of one type 
it loses first and everyone yeah. else kind like, of wins. Yeah, if you got four stink bugs, you're out. You got four bats, you're out. <laughs> you're out. Four toads. Four toads, you're out. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's the kind of game that is initially people are like a little bit confused about how it works but then once you start getting into it like it, it's very simple mm. uh and i think it's just got what i like to call a lot of meme quality <laughs> <laughs> which is the art style the theme around it and just the act of being able to slide a card over to someone to say it's a cockroach yeah and look them in the eye dead in the eye it's a bat it's a bat it's a bat it's just not blinking just barely breathing just a bat yeah it's a bat and then like um, you develop you end up developing uh, your own kind of memes around it so one that I particularly like is the the double and then triple toad which is where you still don't understand the triple the double toad or the triple toad right so the 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 toad the double slash triple toad is where you attempt to pass off a toad yes and then that fails yes uh and then you try and pass off a toad again yes (laughs) uh if it succeeds uh then you've done a double toad Mm -hmm. but then sometimes someone will do it for a third time Mm -hmm. and it's a triple toad and then you're like oh my goodness uh, Matt Jarvis, um, I think you did it quite a bit, the double toad. I think you tried the triple toad at one point, fairly Oh, sure. probably, yeah. <laughs> I think at one point I was just playing cockroaches solidly because mm-hmm. I had about five of them in my head. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, how this relates to cheating moth is... Uh-huh. <laughs> circle background to cheating moth. Mm. Is uh, cheating moth is part of the same series as cockroach poker. Mm-hmm. So cockroach poker, I think, turned out to be very popular. Uh, um, and then it kind of spawned this enormous, enormous series that I don't even know how many games are in this series. Mm. Um, they're made by a publisher called Dre Meiger. I think that's how you pronounce it, but they're a German company. Uh, I went up to speak to one of their representatives and they were like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, they were um, showing off Grasshopper Poker, which yeah, is the new which one. The which new one. We didn't actually get to play, no. which is a shame, because there was only one copy and it was always busy. But Yeah, it was always busy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Cheating Moth is uh, a game where it's like a, it's a game where you have to play higher numbered cards on, or lower numbered cards on top of a stack of cards. So mm. if like a four <laughs> is played, you have to play like. Three or a five. Yeah, three or a five. Um, And some of the cards kind of have actions related to them, so they force other players to take cards. Mm -hmm. uh, Or I think one of them, you slap your hand down at first and the Mm -hmm. slowest person has to take cards or something. I played it, was it last weekend? Uh, With my um, girlfriend's family. So I think it's... Yeah, because you got a copy. I did. Matt Jarvis technically got got a copy, and then I went to find a copy and couldn't find a copy, and Matt Jarvis was like, here you go. <laughs> and I was it. like, oh, thank you. Um... Oh, because you got it, because you're the, you're the queen of cheating moths. I... <laughs> I am the moth queen. absolutely incredible at cheating moths. We it? cannot explain how good Liv is at cheating moths. It's disgusting. Nah, it's not even because I'll tell you why it is. It's because you two were too busy suspecting each other. And so I was like, boop, boop. Jarvis is such a wind-up. I have to, I have to express this because I think sometimes people don't realise. I think they look at Matt Jarvis and they're like, "Oh, he's such a sweet boy," 
Like, he would never do anything wrong. <laughs> I don't think anyone's looked at me and assumed that. <laughs> uh, and, but in reality, he loves to wind people up, particularly me. Uh, and we were playing Cheat Moth, and uh, one of the players in Cheat Moth has to be the guard bug. So they have to, So the premise of Cheat Moth is that at any point, you can just like drop a card or just like hide it in mm. your like <clears throat> pocket or like fling it behind you mm -hmm. or get rid of it in any way you can. But then there is someone, the guard bug, who has to watch the other players to check that they're mm -hmm. not cheating. Yeah. And M Mr. Jarvis kept like pretending to cheat to wind me up. Once I realised the rule was that you had to draw a card if he falsely accused someone. Yeah. I just became set on just like trying to think out yeah. basically, mm -hmm. like just trying making sudden movements. Yeah, I think I I, I did whole... that to Chloe when we were playing as well. Just kind of like just did little twitches like, and she was just like, yeah, yeah, and then she just lost completely. So the whole it's a valid time, tactic. Like... Matt Jarvis was doing the charade. Mm -hmm. Liv was just dropping yeah, so just many casually... cards under the table. It was a shared victory, if anything, I believe. Every round we finished, Liv would just like push the chair back, <laughs> and there would just be like half a dozen cards on the floor. Well, who, who put this here? <clears throat> I don't know. Uh... Oh, and um, I was so bad at cheating. It was awful. Like, I was trying, I think at one you point. Were good. I... Fine. Threw a card across the room. Oh yeah, you did and actively like. It was like I saw that. <laughs> it's it's almost as if you were like whoa as you did it as well. Like it was just. <laughs> I was hoping you were looking at Matt when I was doing it. No. <laughs> I managed um, to get. I think I only managed to hide one card successfully, but it was my proudest moment because yeah. I managed to just gently yeah. like slide it up one of the sleeves. Very good. Very good. Angled my hand in a way where you couldn't see. So I was holding my hand in that hand mm -hmm. and just managed to just gently slide one up my sleeve. I managed to get away with it, but that, yeah. I think that was the only one I managed to yeah, actually cheat. Yeah, right at the end of that game, you looked really at both of us and you, <laughs> you rolled up your sleeve. Mm -hmm. And there it was! <laughs> right there. Yeah, because yeah. there were cards, so there was a cheating moth cards that yeah. you have to, you can't play, you have to cheat with. Mm -hmm. You have to cheat so... with it, that's the only way you yeah. get rid of it. It's yeah, not like um, you can just play a normal round and never get away with cheating, or never avoid cheating entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends if you pick up a cheating mod, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I hate being the garbug, but I always yeah, end up funny. being the garbug because I keep getting caught. Yeah, I think it's it's meant to incentivize you to look out for others, because being the garbug is the worst part of that game, because you don't get to cheat. So it yeah, means that you, you just to have cheat. to mm -hmm. really look at others, but it's... I think it's a game... I think it would be much better with more players. Mm -hmm. So I would like to play it with more than two other people. Because mm -hmm. then I think, as the guard bug, you're hopefully likely to catch more people in the act. Or, like, mm -hmm. if you're cheating, you're hopefully able to get away with it a bit more because they're watching someone else. I uh, I believe we were looking at like the side of the box to see how many players there were, and one of us was like, "Oh, it goes up to ninety nine players," and it was like, "Oh no, oh no, that's the that's the age rating." Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, <laughs> ninety nine players would be fun. Uh, but uh, I picked up a copy of that at Essen because there was a lovely little second hand board mm. game store there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that took PayPal. Yay! PayPal. Um, uh, yay, pal. Yeah. Um, 
That's my next company. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, I got a copy of Cheating Moth and a copy of another game in the series called Cockroach Dance, which we didn't get to play. Mm. Like I think we considered it on the train and then we realised that like, this you is have to actually throw more. shapes. So trying to do that while sat <laughs> uh, around yeah. the train table is probably a bit hard. Mm. Yeah, uh, but it looks great. The front cover of it is literally a cockroach dressed. Isn't it like, like a John Travolta? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, Saturday Night Fever, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I would like to try that one. I think that series is great. I want to try and maybe collect as many of them as I can. And they're so cheap. Like at the second hand mm. place, they were like mm -hmm. three euros or something. Ridiculous yeah. like that. Uh, it's wonderful, but language yeah. independent because the cards are just pictures of bugs and numbers. So mm. and the rule books have different languages in them. Yeah. So mm. even though I got German copies, they've got English language yeah. rules and in there as well. In German is called Kakalakan Poker, which I think yeah, is just a great name. Like, it's yeah, just great. Mm. I think at one point I was yelling something like I love Krakalakan Poker or something like that. <laughs> and you were like, you do realise that the people around here is going to be very confused. <laughs> but, but yeah, yes. we cheat, cheat and moth. Yeah. And, and Cockroach Poker. Mm -hmm. Yes, the best games of... Yeah, best games of Essence. 2014's <laughs> game of 2021. Yeah. Um, have we spoken about Bad Karmas? spoken about that i don't think we have actually so no. <clears throat> live tell us tell us what I'll, the bad commas is i'll do my best the full name in fact of it is <laughs> the bad commas and curse of the curse zodiac. of the zodiac thank you mm. mia yeah. thank you say, it's a bad name it's a bad name for a game <laughs> very long very it just weird. is yeah, yeah unwieldy I... and a bit bland I do. I kind of like the bad karma, though. I kind of like that bit. Um, but I'm... bad karma sounds like a like a good kind of like punk band yeah. from like yeah. the nineties. Yeah. It is. yeah. Um, but the game itself, basically, okay. I will need you your help with this because it's like yeah. okay. So <laughs> it's an app integrated um, system that is basically is like a game board that folds out, um, and you are able to play different maps on it. And it's basically like a combat, it's a combat game. Uh, it's a tabletop RPG-ish kind of thing. <laughs> you play as, uh, well, they're gonna have several different IPs eventually, but right now it's Bad Karmas, which yeah, basically one... has like, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think one thing you gotta clarify. Yeah, please do. About I don't... <laughs> this. <laughs> Cause it, it, can, it, got, it can be quite confusing. Yes. So <laughs> the, the Bad Karmas, and the Curse of the Zodiac is a specific board game. Yes. And it uses a system called Kemburu. Okay. <laughs> which is the system which which is like a a digital integration thing. It's like a yeah. board that you buy, so mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and That's you the different... console-y system yeah, thing. Yeah, Kemburu is just like a blank board, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you place the different games that are compatible with Tiburu on top of it. So the Bad Karma is one that they made, and it's their own IP. Mm -hmm. But they have quoted that they have, you know, other IPs as in existing ones mm -hmm. in the works, but they didn't tell us what they were because they're cheeky. 
But uh, Liv, <laughs> what do we do in the bad combos and the curse of so the, the zodiac. zodiac? We fight the Zodiac, is what we do. Me and uh, we so in the um, the little trial game that we played, the little demo we played, we were fighting Ares, um, and Ares was a basically a giant monster. Giant monster, but I feel like it's something specific, like a goat. Like- Rock, yeah, like a rock, rock, rock goat, goat. <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, rock goat demon thing, um, that has risen from the earth and has been asleep for like a billion years, um, and so, um, but the bad karmas are like a group of everyday people, um, but they all fit into like a specific uh, RPG archetype. So like you had like the assassin, the um, fighter, the ranger, and like the uh, barbarian, basically. Um, and they all had different kind of like everyday roles. So like the assassin was like a cutthroat CEO and like the fighter was like um, an everyday accountant guy who wanted to be something more. Um, and you, yeah, so basically they've been, they're the chosen ones, they've got these cool weapons and they are, they have to take down the Zodiac. Um, yeah. 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 So it's the closest comparison I can describe it to is it's a bit like Monster Hunter, <laughs> in the sense that w- we are, as a group, attempting to take down this one, you know, enemy, this one monster. Like, it was just one monster that we were fighting. And the monster itself would kind of react to our actions and our movements and our attacks mm-hmm. in different ways. And that's kind of how the app really, what's the word, like, really shone in terms mm-hmm. of what it was capable of doing. So um, we had like a tablet with the app on the board and we had like our own phones with the app on uh, and we could kind of select our characters' actions through there. Uh, And we had different attacks depending on who we were playing as and we could choose the turn order and such. Uh, And then if we wanted to move our character, we would just pick them up and then place them where we wanted to on the board. But the board would would recognize where we were and then feed that information to the app. So then the monster would be able to respond to like where we were and then mm-hmm. perform certain attacks or like special actions. So yeah, I think it at really, one point... I was going to say, you just really didn't like it if you came at it um, from yeah. the back and would always try yeah. to cover its back, which I thought was pretty yeah, cool. So whenever we would try and flank it, it would turn around and face us and the board was able to tell the AI to do that because it knew where we, exactly where we moved to, mm-hmm. and then we would be able to move like the monsters, me like miniature, uh, to where it was on the board, and like that was important because uh, you could like stagger it or something like that mm-hmm. with certain moves that then would allow you to do more damage to like a particular side of the monster, mm-hmm. and obviously there were points where the monster <coughs> was trying to protect those more vulnerable sides by turning around and facing us and then there was a part of the board that was filled with sunlight and uh we worked out slash was given a little hint yeah we were were outright told (laughs) (laughs) but um if we got the monster in the sunlight then it would be like it it would be dazzled by it and it Mm. would not respond where we were going Mm -hmm. so we could flank it a lot better and do Mm. more damage to it yeah uh and that literally happened where we put it on that part of the board with the sunlight like painted whatever on onto it 
and then the app was like, oh, the monster is in the sunlight now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the AI is going to react to that and act accordingly. And it also, there were parts with lava on the board, mm -hmm. and when the monster was in the lava, like, that would have an effect. But also if we um, fell in the lava, then that would very much have an effect. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And you could, like, be hit into pillars on the monster, you could hit monster into pillars and walls and things like that. So all those things that were on the board that we were like, oh, this is just decoration, was actually, like... Fully interactable. Mm -hmm. Interactable elements on the board, which was really... Really, that was impressive. Like, the actual gameplay itself was fine, I think. It was very much like one of those games, like yeah. future games that you see a lot. It was like a good proof of concept of this technology is able to handle all this in the background. And it it does the thing where, unlike something like Mansions of Madness, like app-assisted games where you have to click and mm. tell it, it just knows that, so it does it automatically. Mm. Yeah. But it handles all the behavior in a way that would be just massively unwieldy with cards yeah. or mm -hmm. whatever it may be. But yeah, I... I agree that like the game itself wasn't the highlight. Like the platform was kind of like mm -hmm. yeah. the really interesting part of like, oh, mm -hmm. this would be really neat with, you know, like Mansions of Madness would be the perfect example, yeah. or like even Descent, the new Descent, like mm -hmm. just yeah. kind of automating some of that stuff. But in terms of the bad karmas and the curse of the Zodiac, yeah. Uh, in terms of that itself, it was just like you say, it was kind of like oh, that's interesting, like enemy behavior, but it was also just like a you run up, you hit it. It yeah. Moves. You run up your yeah. Moves like we would unlock. <clears throat> we did unlock like new attacks mm. in in the as we kind of like whittled the monster's health down, and you know those some of those attacks would have like unique effects that then the app would like acknowledge and kind of you know keep track of that. Um, and same with some of the monsters' attacks. So they were like, oh, you could be frightened, or, mm -hmm. you know, you could uh, be, be dazed like the monster was, or slowed, or stuff like that. And mm -hmm. the, the app would, like, be aware of that and keep track for how long that would take effect for. Um, yeah, I think we were really impressed by the system. I don't think we expected um, it to work as well as it did. And yeah. It worked pretty yeah. damn well apart from a few moments where it was a bit frozen or slowed down yeah they said they were good they would speed it up before the final release like it yeah was, i think i don't know if they said it was like beta or alpha but they, it was definitely pre-release they yeah. said so they were mm -hmm. still working on it mm -hmm. um it was so very surprisingly accurate like to where we were what was going on and also like the monster would have some really interesting behaviors like i mean was it earlier this year or last year we played Monster Hunter, the board game? Uh, earlier this year, I think. Yeah, we played it a couple yeah. of times. And that's kind of why I made the comparison to Monster Hunter, because the closest thing I could think of was, like, Monster Hunter, the board game. Mm -hmm. But, like, Monster Hunter, the board game obviously uses cards to, like, determine the, mon you know, the monster's behavior and certain things. Like, if the, the player does this, the monster will do this. And obviously there were moments where it took quite a long time to be like okay does what does this mean the monster's gonna do and it would only sort of respond to some very specific events and actions and things like that whereas because this was app based and the you know the app was kind of monitoring all of it for us and responding to it for us mm -hmm. like it meant that the monster was able to do those kind of unique reactions and things mm -hmm. in like heart like 
much less time. Yeah. And also it felt more dynamic, but I guess that's the big advantage of digital. But mm, I also really like the fact is, I mean, I run uh, IGM a fair amount of um, RPGs now. Uh, and it's always kind of like if somebody's fighting a monster, it's down to me to be like, okay, I think the monster would do this. I'm not trying to be mean, but I feel like it would do this. Whereas with this, it's like the monster's doing that, and then they're doing me. I'm just sat here. You I'm know. just an app. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a computer. You can't have a go at me. Devs were saying, like, oh, we, we have an idea of what it could do, but we don't actually know for sure. Like, mm. it could do this or it could do that, but actually it's dynamic enough where it could do something yeah, even entirely the, different. Even the devs didn't know what it was going to do sometimes mm-hmm. because it was it was like there were I think there were some randomized elements in them, I'm not hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I think the game itself, eh um the the system because I I get the feeling that uh I know that Mr. Wheel isn't isn't hugely into app assisted games mm-hmm. and i'm not sure lowly's is massively into them either mm-hmm. but i get the feeling that all three of us like the ideas behind them and have played have possibly played like some of them before yeah um mm. and are kind of on board with the concept so obviously if to like this you need to be on board with the concept of an app-based board game to mm-hmm. start with because it is very mm-hmm. much that so if you're not keen on that, then don't bother with this. Mm-hmm. But like, I was sat there and just thinking about the possibilities because it's still very much, it's still a board game. You're still moving pieces around. Mm-hmm. You're still like, you're still interacting with this physical space. Mm, a lot of what they said, right, was like, we're very much trying to keep the focus on the actual board. And the I think board, the fact that it yeah. is, the game is determined by folding out a board and putting it on top of a board rather than just like having the app connect to whatever and so on. And and there was a die, like a six-sided die, and yeah, you roll it and it would feed and... straight back to the app. Yeah. So you were still yeah. rolling like physically, but it was then just feeding straight back in. So you still got the fun of moving miniatures and rolling dice and, and having plastic mm-hmm. to basically yeah. play around with. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of um... offloading a lot of the the more kind of cumbersome stuff, stuff yeah, exactly. onto the and obviously it felt a, a <clears> lot more dynamic because it wasn't relying on like this is exactly what you do whenever the, you do this the monster does this um which obviously is the limitation of a board game but like some people might prefer that because then mm-hmm. they can maybe strategize around that a, a lot better but I was just sat there thinking when they were like, we have other IPs in the works. And I was like, oh, (laughs) uh, I was just thinking like a divinity. Divinity would be amazing for this board. Like there is a divinity two game. Mm -hmm. It's, it was fine. I played a preview of it and it was fine. Uh, There was a lot that we had to like look at and manage and a lot of tokens and various things. Because for those of you that may not have played divinity or know of it, Mm -hmm. It's a a computer kind of tabletop role playing game that makes sense, where it's very much inspired by classic tabletop role playing, but it's a video game and you control these characters and you explore this world. But like particularly during combat, you know your actions and your attacks and movements and whatever uh, can cause any number of different things to happen. The a lot of the combat in that game is very much featured and based around FX 
So setting fire to something, putting, you know, freezing something, putting water in the ground and freezing it or whatever. And I think that this system would work incredibly well with that combat style, because then the app can keep track of all of that stuff for you. You don't need like a billion tokens or whatever. Mm -hmm. It takes like a lot of the the hassle of that and you still get that kind of role-playing experience so as soon as i when i was playing that and they were saying ips i immediately thought of divinity mm -hmm. i don't know about you you two what would you want i think just generally any game that <laughs> has a lot of setup time or teaching time anything like that like that's that's why i can kind of get behind companion apps is if they take the weight out of it because a lot of the time if i play with different groups of people having to teach people is like a huge investment i think it's one of the biggest kind of barriers to more people getting into kind of like modern board games is like there are a lot of heavier games and there's some of the best games out there but it means that you sometimes have to spend half an hour or even an hour or even sometimes more just teaching people mm -hmm. so if there's any way of just smoothing that curve and saying okay you know what this app's actually just going to tell us where to put stuff kind of like um descent legends of the dark is it tells you when to build things it tells you how to mm -hmm. put stuff in it kind of tells you when to roll you're still playing the game physically but it's just taking the burden of teaching and controlling things off of yep. the human players so they can just play mm -hmm. you don't have to have one person basically be a gm or just be a person that handles the rules mm -hmm. like there's there's a balance to be struck i think some other games go too far and it feels like mm. the digital stuff just takes over and you're yeah. not like detective as much as i like detective the game a lot of that is just solely done on a computer screen mm. and at some point yeah. the board feels a little superfluous but i think there's there's promise in this and that it tracks where pieces are and so therefore you're just reducing the amount of time you even have to spend interacting on a screen it will just pop up things and remind you as necessary mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally um while we have a moment i'm just going to say that edward suit has been a member of dicebreaker plus for four months thank you so much mm, edward. wow i know Thanks. yeah um and says hey db gang looking forward to catching up on on the s and all the s and fun will any of you be attending attending mcm this weekend uh I'm afraid not. Yeah, no. none of us are at MCM. We've had we had EGX closely followed by Essen Spiel within a week. We're taking a week to recover because uh, it's yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah if you're if going you're... to MCM, yeah, um, yeah. have fun, mm -hmm. enjoy yourself. Yeah, stay um, safe. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, wear a mask, please. Mm -hmm. uh, use hand sanitizer. Yep. Mm. Um, enjoy meeting Tom Hiddleston, who I believe is there. Oh my god. No. <laughs> uh, so. As soon as oh, I saw that, I was up. like, I just can't think about this, because then I might just <laughs> die. Shall we move on, Mian? Shall we move on to talking about? Yeah, something like I was, that? I was like, I was like, um, <laughs> broke her up, man. Yeah, maybe we're, I should just volunteer. We're teetering on the hill of some precipice. I might be precipice. able to see his back or something. Mm. Oh, I've made you breakfast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, you've done uh, this before. <laughs> I know what talking about Tom Hiddleston does to be, okay? You can't. It's off limits on the podcast, right? Have a wonderful day, dear. I'm off to the office? <laughs> Question mark. Where is he supposed to be going? <laughs> uh, okay. What else have we played? Uh, should we talk about Art Robbery a little bit? This is. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm, I'm saying, let's talk about Art Robbery, because <laughs> I like this game, and we've all played this game. Um, this was, I wrote about it for the website, it was one of the games that kind of uh, snuck up on me at Essen. I wasn't, I, d I didn't know it was there before I went, I kind of stumbled across it while we were just rooting through the halls looking for things, and I was quite taken with it. Um, so Art Robbery is a, it's quite a small game, it's by Rana Knizia, uh, who, for people who aren't familiar by name, Rana Knizia, incredibly prolific game designer, maybe the most prolific board game designer of all time. Uh, has been responsible for card games like Lost Cities, kind of deep strategy games like uh, Tigris yeah. and Euphrates, uh, also the Lord of the Rings co-op game. It's just an in an incredible body yeah. of work, uh, he and also stop. no. He stop. Uh, also, his body of work is let's say not overly consistent, just because of the volume of it. Mm -hmm. So, seeing the name Rana Knitzer on a game doesn't automatically mean oh this will be great. Uh, He's a he bit has... like. He's a bit like the Nicolas Cage of the board game world. He just likes making board games, regardless of yeah. their quality. When he hits, he absolutely hits. Yeah. Um, but oh, there yeah. are often times when Dr. Knizia uh, misses the mark. Um, but yeah, has been responsible for some of my favorite games, and I think some of the greatest games of all time. Like Tigris and Euphrates, I think, is uh, a masterpiece. Modern Art is maybe the best auction game of all time. Lost Cities is incredible. So mm. yeah, has has a heck of a kind of a ludography. Yeah. So yeah, art, art robbery was new to me, and as is the way of Knizia games, often there's a lot of Knizia designs because he's been designing for forty years. They just cycle background, and you see the same designs pop up back again as something different. This is an original design. There are similarities with some of his previous games. There's a little bit of high society in there. Another great game, um, and some some other bits uh, of his work. I can't recall the games now because my head's swimming with cold. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it's. It's a combat game. The short of it is that you are a crew of robbers. You've just robbed an art gallery, I guess. Uh, it doesn't really go into depth. It's kind of Reservoir Dogs. It just skips to the bit where you're all fighting at the end. It's got a bit of a Cash and Guns vibe, like yeah. in that respect. <laughs> and so there are, there are four rounds, and you're dishing up um, sketches, sculptures, antiquities, and paintings. But basically what that means is there are a load of circular tokens in the middle. They're each worth different points. You want those tokens in front of you. You play cards from your hand to get them. But the thing that happens with taking tokens from the middle is that once you take them from the middle and there are no more uh, tokens of that value, if you play the number card that matches that token, you will steal it off of someone else that has it. So it very quickly descends into this kind of back and forth of, oh, you're taking the free, are you? Uh, not, not for long. <laughs> and just like pinching off of people. Yeah, but it's roughly. not <laughs> because you're kind of dictated by the cards in your hand it's not super targeted in a way that other games can be you're not necessarily just going to go after someone because they've got the high value stuff you need the cards that match mm -hmm. um, and there are a few other rules there's like a wild card where you can only take mm. from the middle there's the a guard dog a guard dog, dog which is a cute little wooden token yeah um, which basically if someone tries to steal from you they have to take the guard dog instead mm -hmm. and put it back in the middle uh, and then there's a boss which is worth five, but only if you have a four or five token to mm -hmm. go with yeah. it. So it's kind of like a combo score. And that's basically it. It plays over four mm. rounds. It's very kind of quick. It's probably 15, 20 minutes at most. And it is as simple as just play a card from your hand, do the thing it says, take the token, goes round, draw a card, etc. Mm -hmm. But I just really like it. I think it's got a really sharp visual style. Um, it I looks think great. It's, like I think it, it's it... Petra Ericsson is the mm. illustrator. Um, 
yeah, it's like kind of uh, a black, white, and red palette, and it's very kind of stark and minimalist. Yeah. Um, but is quite colourful at the same time. The components are nice. It's basically a deck of cards, uh, the tokens themselves, and then the little wooden guard dog. That's it. So mm -hmm. it's very compact. It's very simple. The rules are quite straightforward. Mm -hmm. But when we played it, um, I just really got into it. It's not. I don't think it's going to blow anyone away. Mm -hmm. It's not kind of like. It's not a lost city. It's not like one of no. those games where you're like, oh wow, like okay, this is one that I'm gonna play a lot and see in various different places. Yeah. But it definitely has that kind of that kind of feeling of it's quick, it's small, it's yes. easy to learn. Like, yeah, I think it's the kind of thing I would easily slot into my kind of filler game, cycle yeah. of filler games. And yeah, alongside stuff like Love Letter, alongside stuff mm. like High Society, which is a great game. Um it's worth saying there is there is a Knizia twist at the end. Uh, so, oh, Ronnie yeah. Kinnitsu in a lot of his games has various kind of scoring, uh, like, kind of flips them on their heads a bit. So in Tigris and Euphrates, uh, when you go to score, you score across four different kind of multicolored categories. It's like government and farming and something like that. But you, you always score for your lowest one, so you have to keep them balanced. In high society, because you're competing to be members of the aristocracy, um, but you, it's an auction game. It doesn't matter how good your reputation is at the end. If you have the least money, they kick you out because that's how you know that's how it functions. Uh, and then with this, you need alibis. So some of the tokens have little white dots, and they basically represent alibis for your particular robber among this crew. So mm. the person at the end with the fewest alibis doesn't matter if they have the most points. The person with the fewest alibis not in think, jail. Yeah. yeah, and with two players, you lose ten points or something like that. So yeah. there is a two-player variant. Yeah. Um... So. Uh, that was horrible because <laughs> yeah. we so Matt and I played it together a few times, and that was that was fun. But obviously we didn't have the knockout element. But then we played it as a four, and I just got completely dunked on. <laughs> I like I think we'd been traveling for a little while and we were all a bit put out. And I think it like Matt said, I don't think it's like a. A game where you have to. No, I don't think like, it was targeted. Target my yeah. my hand was awful. Mm, mm -hmm. uh, I think at one point I had five boss cards mm. uh, and no five or four to to use it with, so I could basically do nothing. Mm -hmm. And of course, the whole time I'm doing nothing, everyone else is playing cards and pinching whatever I had. So I'm pretty sure at one round I had nothing. Uh, mm. Several of the other rounds I had like two or or maybe three tokens. No alibis. So immediately at the end, I was just out. <laughs> so uh, it is one of those games that can bite you in the butt. Um, mm -hmm. And like, but yeah, it, because it's not targeted, it doesn't feel like, oh, I can't believe you did that, so mean. Uh, it is a mean game, but a lot of Knizia games are mean games anyway. Yeah, uh, it's mean in a way where it's like you can't get mad at any one person because yeah, it's like, just bad oh, luck. You, you're just pile like you say, you're piling on me. It's not like that. It's just kind of like oh, you've everyone just emptied my pool of pieces because that's the cards they had. There's there's definitely a bit of the luck of the draw in there, but I think it for me at least it it moves so quickly that it yeah, it's such a it fast game that you're not that butthurt like mm -hmm. afterwards where you're like. You, you you don't get to stew on it too much. You can yeah. just move on and play something else and play it again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the beauty of faster games. Mm -hmm. They yeah. can be a little meaner because you're not 
having just sat there with you know sit there sorry with the consequences for so long mm-hmm. mm. um i enjoy it i thought it was pretty good it's, yeah, yeah. i love the box i love the art style I love little games like that. I think mm. they're so good. Yeah, um, I think it costs ten euro as well. So it's yeah. by uh, Helvetic, uh, the Swiss publisher, mm. um, which I think has put out maybe a couple of Kinetics games before. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of it came out I think just before Essen, uh, but I believe it's now available. And yeah, it was just one of those little discoveries where I think it's going to stick around in my collection. It's quite small. Mm. It's mm. it's kind of it's a it's just one of those little games that I kind of fell in love with. Just, yeah, yeah <laughs> just kind of unsur. Or surprisingly, even like didn't know it existed, and then was like, you know what? Yeah. I really dig this. Yeah, yeah. Like, good yeah. on you, Rhino Knizia. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like we said, Knizia makes so many games that you could. The joke is that you could go around the Essen Hall and look at like two dozen, and there's probably a chance that he's designed at least one of them. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, like like you said, he swings and, and sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses, and this was a hit. So. Yeah. There you go, Knizia. Yeah. yeah, good job. Well done, um, Doctor K. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, if you want to read more about it, uh, I have a I wrote a preview, uh, preview impressions piece on the oh, website. Cool. So yeah, go and, go and read more about icebreaker.com, folks. Uh, yeah. Take a little look. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. What else shall we talk about? Well, I was going to suggest um, maybe chiming in about Mini Rogue if you guys mm. would be up for hearing that. But also, yeah. we have a message in the chat from Board Game Yogi. <laughs> it says, I was just on autopilot and very nearly entered the video call with a stream was happening right now and ruined everything. Uh, thankfully, I realized that what I was doing just in time. Well, that, come, come join us, Lonely. Yeah, it's fine. Come in, Lonely. Come it's fine. <laughs> we don't mind. Yeah, don't worry about it. Come, yeah. come Lonely's is off today. Lonely's isn't working. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's her choice. <laughs> she do, if she wants to come hang out, it's fine. <laughs> she wants to cause a bit of chaos. Um, but, uh, yeah. They're uh, just like, please don't come in. I've set up. <laughs> <laughs> please don't break everything I've set up. Um, no. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, so Mini Rogue is something that I picked up at Essen um, uh, by Aris. Um, is Aris Aries? Me and you say Aries, right? I, I think it's yeah. Aries Games. Aries yeah, Games. Yeah, mm-hmm. publisher. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But also by Nuts with an exclamation mark. Um, <laughs> nuts? Yeah, the Nuts oh, know wow. it. <laughs> Um, okay, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> um, but basically, it's it is what it sounds like. It's uh, Dungeon Delver in a tiny little box, um, and it's I re- I played a bit of it last night for the first time properly, and I really liked it. Um, which I mean, yeah, it's probably obvious because of the content I enjoy. Um, but it was it's just a really nice way to you can either play one player or two players. I've only played the one player variant. Um, but you select a character, for example, I was a rogue, and you have your own little abilities like um, that will help you throughout your little journey through the dungeon, like do double damage on one turn or skip a room. But basically you have like a boss card in the bottom right corner um, and you shuffle the deck of like room cards and you put them in like a three by three. Um, basically and you have to travel by going either down or right and you can't you can't like go back to a room that you've missed out or something you just have to keep going down and get make your way to the exit and then as you do that you go down level by level um, and as the level you go down um, it increases so if you're like on level four like the monsters and stuff you face are going to be even harder to defeat and you're gonna get more XP and stuff like that, and th- it's done really well. <laughs> like, uh, 
Yes. Liv, did you fight a beholder or did you fight a kobold? I did not. Uh, I have fought a goblin warrior. I have fought. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. A classic gobbo. <laughs> um, everything was pretty chill. It was just like, here's a goblin, here's a ghoul, here's a, a giant, ghoul? a ghoul. Yeah. And the ghoul okay. was fun. Well, not fun, but like it did like pretty small amounts of damage, but it would reduce your XP every time it hit you. So you were like, oh, oh mean. it's very mean. The ghoul's mean. Um, but yeah, then I got down to like the second level, um, to the second boss, and it was just like, here's a dragon. I was like, oh, cool, thanks, great. Um, um, <laughs> fun ghoul dragon. Yeah, exactly. It was just something like really intimidating, like a soul dragon or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, they've done it really well. They have uh, managed to kind of really um, get it, get the key elements into this tiny little box. Um, you've got the rooms you go into, you can roll dice to find out what loot you get. There are skill trees that you can go up to like kind of level up and it's just done really well. And it's like, this is kind of my little ideal companion for like a, a long trip or something if I was traveling alone. Yeah, it looked yeah. really sharp when you showed us the box. Like mm. does it, I did, cause you didn't know if it while we're out there. Do the components look as sharp as kind of the artwork on the box itself? Yeah, they do actually. Yeah, the art in the the art um on the cards is really cute and really like stylized and you've got like little meeples that you can use and you've got like um uh little dice. You've got like a, a, a tiny little dice that you there's like several of them and um they work for like different aspects of like what you're rolling for. So you have your like hero dice and as you level up you get more dice to roll but if you've been poisoned or cursed you have to roll like a poison dice and a cursed dice to see if they affect you and it's really well done and really mm. simplistic and mm. i really like it and i do recommend maybe That's... maybe i'll play it on the channel who knows maybe i'll recommend it who will see um i mean i do recommend it so yeah that's my little mini um, road but... piece i was just remembering <laughs> I was just remembering last one left alive. What was it? Uh, last last one. one alive. Also oh, from Aries Games. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Unfortunately, not worth discussing. Just bad. <laughs> the artwork of that game is. The artwork is not good. There's a uh, character that looks a bit like Nigel Formbury on the box, but if someone, like yes. Nigel Formbury, if someone drew Nigel Formbury from memory yeah. in like MS Paint. MS Paint, and he looks like he's going to get you. It's like... not a good game. Uh, <laughs> Got this creepy look on his face. Uh, yeah, the artwork for that game is awful, and the game itself is not great either. So yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe don't play that one. <laughs> no, not everything can be a winner. Yeah, uh, not everything can be a winner. All right, uh, should we check back a couple more things before we move on? Uh, yeah. What, what what do you want to talk about, Matt? Yeah, Matt. I was going to very quickly talk about King Domino Origins Ooh. as uh, one of the yeah. bigger kind of names out of Essen this year. Uh, so, folks who are familiar or unfamiliar, King Domino, Spiel des Jahres winner in 2017, Bruno Cafala's kind of modern take on dominoes. You take dominoes from the middle, you add them to your personal layout of 5x5 or 7x7, depending on how many people you're playing with. You have to... The squares are fantasy region so lake forest desert fields yeah. etc yeah um in king domino and queen domino you basically take turns until all the dominoes are gone or you filled up your um grid 
and then you multiply the number of connected squares in each region by the number of crowns printed on those tiles. So you want as many crowns as possible times by as many squares as possible. King Domino was basically just that. Um, it was kind of very simple, but it did a good thing very well. Uh, Queen Domino stepped it up a little bit. It was a little more complex. It added the ability to build buildings on empty squares. You could also bribe a dragon to burn down buildings, which was quite fun. Uh, you could build towers to impress the queen, who would then come and give you money. You could tax places with knights to get money. I, mean, to I wish I could. I want to. I want to build something to impress impress the queen, so then she'll come <laughs> over and give me money. <laughs> Look, according to Queen Domino, all you got to do is build a load of towers. Okay, what if I? What were those? What if those towers were made out of cereal boxes? Uh, I Does that don't still know. count? Uh, okay, well, Look, that's up to give the queen, it a go. Really. <laughs> who turns up? Yeah, uh, I mean, I actually love it. Yeah. Uh, but Queen, Do uh, Queen Domino, King Domino Origins is a brand new game, standalone game, unlike King and Queen Domino, uh, which could be mixed together to create a kind of expanded game with both mechanics in. This is a completely standalone game. So you play it by itself, and mm. within the game, there are kind of three different modules. Uh, so mm. there's Discovery Mode, which introduces volcanoes, which. Uh, me and you and I filmed a today we played about this, which should be up yeah. on the channel at some point. Yeah. But I think we both kind of agree it's the best bit in the box. So yeah. volcanoes basically spit crowns, but now crowns are fire. So you can have some control over where you're adding extra value and points to a region. Because when you yeah. place a volcano tire, it will spit a predetermined distance and it will spit a certain number of fire symbols, which are worth points, but you get to choose which way that goes. So you mm. get to choose which direction it spits in so you if you've kind of surrounded a region and you want to add value to it you can just spit over the top of the volcano yeah so. just provide context to this king domino origins is a prehistoric theme yes game. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a fantasy one so it's got cave people and no dinosaurs though very disappointing yeah, got mammoths, so. there are a lot of mammoths so mammoth. yes yeah. in the the second kind of module it's resources so there are mini mammoths there are fish there are flint mushrooms uh, and they're connected oh, to squares and when you put them down whoever's got the most of them gains a bonus tile um, and then the third module kind of builds on that and introduces a row of cave people which have additional scoring benefits and you pay for them using the resources so, yep. so it adds kind of another level to the resources and we I won't stay long on this because we have a today we played which will go up soon enough but I think it's okay. Like, it's not my favorite of the King Domino series. I think Queen Domino is still the one that I would recommend to most people. And because this doesn't combine with King or Queen, I think it's a harder sell for a lot of people. Uh, I also wrote an impressions piece on the website if you want some more detail about it. But I think it's it's still King Domino. Like, it's still fun as a concept. But I was just kind of a bit like, mm, I don't I don't think I'd ever play this over King or Queen instead. It's oh. just like, this is a fun kind of diversion. I quite like the volcano stuff. And in some ways, I wish I could just take that out of this game and add it to the other games because the resources are a little bit fiddly. The cave people I didn't find overly kind of like engaging or interesting as an extra scoring method. It was just kind of like, yeah, these are, these are an option, but actually amassing resources seems like still the best option in a lot oh. of cases because you score for each resource and if you have the most. So, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't played King Domino or Queen Domino before this. This is the first one of the series I've played. Uh, so I can't compare it to the other two. 
I just have to trust Mr. Jarvis's judgment, which I do, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I enjoyed it. Like I think we yeah, like we said, we both liked the fire bit. I think that's fun. Uh, I think the resources can be good, uh, but the cave people module I kind of wasn't keen on. Yeah, um, it just felt yeah. like a lesser underdeveloped. It felt underdeveloped from yeah. Queen Domino. And... Also, we both kind of agree that the 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 theme in the art style we didn't really like that much. Like, yeah, um... it's a shame. Like the other games are so colourful and like they kind of pop with little Easter eggs and stuff like this, and this one's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't bit, quite know quite... why they went prehistoric and when they could have made another fantasy game and maybe made that more compatible with the other two. Yeah, it's um, got a lot of cave grey and like bone, like beige. I wouldn't say it's not colourful, I just think that, I don't like the front cover. Um, I think, and I think that the cave people art is not good. But yeah. I like, I like the tile art, that was nice. And I like the little resources, the resources are cute. Yeah. Uh, they have like little mammoths. Uh, but yeah, no, I liked it, but I would be intrigued to play Queen Domino. Your description of King Domino didn't really appeal to me because it sounds way too simple. Like I'd rather play Carcassonne on top of that, it sounds like. Um, if I wanted a more, like, a straightforward tile lane game, but mm. not something that's so basic that I'm like, okay, I feel like, yeah. a, you know, I should be playing this with a six-year-old or something, <laughs> um, which is fine. Like, games should be also designed for kids. Uh, doesn't mean I should play them. Um, but, like, yeah, Queen Domino sounds more like an experience that I would want to have. So there you go. King mm. Domino Origins. Watch the video when it comes out and read Matt's thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all mm -hmm. right. Did we... I think we spoke about Azul. Yeah. The last podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Azul. And We've... Azul has, is also getting a day... Uh, today we played. Uh, yeah. Yes. It. Filmed at Essen. Not yeah, live, so but still. You want to know more about the latest entry in the Azul series? Mm -hmm. uh, go and watch the podcast episode from last week if you yeah. didn't watch it. Uh, wait for the today we played, or read my piece on it on the website. That's uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also played Spicy. We could chat about that very yeah, quickly. Yeah, we played Spicy together. Not another new game, but still a game Beautiful. that. Has some yeah, has some very good looking cards. Mm -hmm. I think it came out last year, Spicy. I think it's twenty twenty. Um, I, I had my eye on it for a while because when it initially announced, I was like, "Oh, what's this?" Because mm -hmm. the artwork is incredibly, mm -hmm. uh, incredibly striking. Sorry for the listeners, but for the watchers, I have like a little postcard uh, I was given here oh, um, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. by the publisher. Uh, it's very shiny, very pretty, very spicy. Yeah, <laughs> cover of the game and the artwork is similar but um so spicy the premise of spicy is weird it's like we're all tiger gods and then we were fighting but then we decided the best way to sort this out is by eating hot things <laughs> so that all is the good arguments are settled yeah yeah it's very odd but as a fan of spicy food uh i was like this is cool but also the artwork is very engaging mm. Uh, the actual <laughs> gameplay is a bluffing game. So there are three different suits of cards. Wasabi, pepper, and chili. Yeah, which are points led to confusion over... Chili, pepper, yeah, chili pepper, pepper, yeah. But, um, or was it yeah, a clever so ploy by someone to be like, yeah. oh, so I'm confused? Yeah. 
so they're yeah they're based on different types of spicy food or or you know things like that uh and you have a hand of cards and the aim is that you just want to get rid of your cards uh you do that by playing cards on top of others um but you have to play a card uh, that is higher than the one played before. Um, so if a three was played, you have to play like a five six or, or six or a seven or, or blah. Yeah. Um, however, you can at least say that I'm playing this, but you can technically lay down whatever you want because you're playing it face down. But you also have to play within the spice suite. Suit that's spice being sweet. Yeah. <laughs> spice suite, uh, the spice suit that's being played at the time. So someone says, "Too chili," you have to play like a chili, and um, that's higher than two. But obviously, you could claim it's like six chili. Uh, anyone can then challenge you if they think that you're lying. Um, if they're wrong, you get the cards, which is good because you put cards on like a stack and those basically form your points it is called a spice stack which i love um if if they get it right then the other player gets the the cards so the aim is that you kind of want to catch people out mm -hmm. either by challenging them or or getting them to challenge you uh and they're wrong so but when you challenge someone you can either say the number's wrong or the spice type is wrong mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of where we really had a lot of fun with the bluffing because you can say 10 chili for example and you could lay down like a 10 wasabi and then someone can be like oh i think you're wrong i think the number is wrong and then you can be like, ha, the number is right, but the spice is wrong, but you're still wrong, so I get the cards. Mm. There was also, like, wild cards you can play, which can be mm. any of the spices or can be any of the numbers. So, yeah, yeah. as long as you have one of those. Like, if and you have a wild challenge. card with the number, with any number on it, and they still say, I yeah. think you got the spice wrong, you're still out, because you did get the spice wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 but if they challenge the number, then you're right. Yeah. Because it will be that number. Yeah. So, um... And when you get up to 10 of the spice level, you have to play like a 1, 2, or 3 off. Like, you have to play like a number after that. But you have to get up to 10 first before you can play numbers like after that. Mm -hmm. um, so the 10 is where you kind of really hit like a, a wall in terms of like, oh no, I've got to try and get, I've got to try and bluff this. Or mm -hmm. you hopefully have a 10. Yeah, um, I was really bad at this game because it just—I don't think my brain could comprehend. I—I I was, I was it's super bad. I—I I, no, I—I I was really bad. I was like trailing behind everyone, but I think it was just because like the whole concept of having to have the ten, and it's like, but it's so unlikely that I'm gonna have the ten though. Everyone's gonna know I'm lying. So then I would yeah, just kind of threw me off, and I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> it's a little bit like, oh no, what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. But it is the case of. Sometimes you can force it to go all the way up to 10 straight away if you want, just so you can play a 10 and then force other people to like, yeah, and I the 10 instead. felt like that's what kept happening to me, especially because um, Lolis was before Lolis was before me and kept being like, it's a nine. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, and if you manage to clear your hand out, your final card, you have to announce it's your final card. 
when you play it so obviously other people can be like i challenge you uh but obviously they've got to get it right whether it's the spice or the number uh and then if you clear your hand out first then you get like a little extra 10 points like a trophy uh i thought it was really good Mm. yes sorry Um, (laughs) yeah i thought it was really good i really enjoyed it um i think it's great again because it's so quick it's Mm. not that bad if you're feeling like oh no um i'm doing really badly in this one you can kind of the next one you're like okay maybe i'll have a better chance this time a lot of it is luck based and kind of stupidness uh so i thought it was very good and once again the art style is just such a appealing part of it yeah it does look fantastic i think in some ways it's it's funny because it's a little bit like cockroach poker in that you're obviously putting stuff face down and saying oh it's mm-hmm. this but mm. it has more of a kind of structured round thing going on feel to it um, yeah um... yeah it was it was interesting like i yeah i'd, I'd be interested to play it more because i think i liked it but i don't know if i loved it mm. I liked it a lot. I don't think it's anything like incredible. So I think Cockroach Poker is better mm. as a bluffing game, but I still, I still really like Spicy. Yeah. Uh, also, like the the higher the card, the spicier the illustration. The yeah. Illustrations were <laughs> not spicy as in spicier. like mm. naughty, as in like the the tigers would look even more like. Ooh. I can tell you're playing a ten because you're bluffing. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, my. The, the tiger on the ten is like breathing fire out of its mouth, and mm. I think there's something coming out the other end as well. Oh wow. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah the tiger upside down the and its swim shorts yeah. fall off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, spicy was really good. That was spicy. Yeah. Um, I didn't do very well at it, like I said, but I still would like to play it again. I still quite liked it. So, hmm. and usually, yeah. I that ruins the game for me. No, um, but no, it, it was really good. I'd like to get a copy. Mm. Yeah. Um, All right. I also played another game at Essen that I'd like to very briefly talk about. Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. You're looking at me like no, 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 no. I was, I was about to, to wrap off that section but go for it what's the game i'll be very quick uh i played a game called wonderbook it was one that was Uh, quite anticipated at the convention because it looked very interesting it's like a basically a kid's game that you play in what looks like a storybook and a lot of the different elements kind of pop out like a pop-up storybook and you can interact with bits on the board uh and i managed to get a demo of it um it was like a two-player demo Mm. and we were playing these kids that were like investigating this forest because they'd gone into the wonder book um and we you know we could read these cards to kind of tell us what was going on in the story and then we could interact with different parts of the board to kind of progress the story and the kind of scenario we were playing so i think there's going to be like six main chapters is what they call them or scenarios I'm not sure the one we played is actually going to be in the the game in the way that we played it because it was two player and the game was up to four players and it was very demo-y in the sense that it was incredibly short um, but all in all the gameplay loop is very disappointing because it's very very monotonous uh, I spent most of the game just fighting enemies and my character literally had one ability that they could use so I just did that over and over again there is another ability that I could use, but I didn't have the resources to do them, and I couldn't get the resources that I needed. Uh, so I spent most of the game just rolling a die on these monsters that kept spawning. 
um, we were able to interact with the board and fly and fight some treasure and then we spoke to a dragon and the dragon was like pull my tongue and I was like okay that's a weird thing for a dragon um, to say okay. mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was standing on the back of the dragon along with like an enemy and then we pulled the tongue and the dragon's back like like lifted up and then we flew off it so it's like a like a book yeah pop-up like, yeah like a pop-up book where you pull the tongue oh i see right yeah, yeah and the the paper it's it's all like paper and the back like lifted up and then you're like oh if you fell off you took some damage or something um that was the most exciting part of the game <laughs> like i like the concept of being able to wrap the board i think it looks incredible it really is beautiful uh i don't like the miniatures i think they look gross and i think the character art look gross as well uh, but uh, the, my main issue was the fact that it was just quite boring to play, and I I get that it's it's appeal it's meant to appeal to kids, but I also think kids are capable. Like we played Azul Queen's Garden with a kid, like you <laughs> and know, he I won. Really, yeah, he won. <laughs> <laughs> so I really think that kids are often underestimated with what they can actually take on. And maybe like have optional modes where it's like, oh, if you want to play it very simply, you can do this, but then we can add this on top. Um, yeah, like the, the unique parts of it I enjoyed. Uh, most of the game was quite boring. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that considering that it looked so good and people were like, oh, what's this? So uh, that's Wonderbook, everyone. Yeah, Read my cool. article about it on the website. Let's pick a duck up. Uh, to finish off, to finish us off, even Liv, would you like to chat quickly about last Friday? Sure. This Friday. This, Talk this Friday, Friday. About last Friday. Sure. I will say it's going to be really quick because I've only played one chapter of the four <laughs> chapter phases of the game. Um, but <laughs> you can <laughs> um, basically, it's um, very, it's quite, it's got the same vibe as Camp Grizzly. Spooky. Spooky. spooky yeah it's it's called last friday it's based on friday the 13th i mean loosely legally based dis legally distinct, distinct. Legally distinct. Yeah. um yeah. oh lordy here comes joeys um but yeah like um the first phase um i think the the faces are like the chase and the killing spree and blah 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 and stuff like that Whoa. one i know um one person oh, i didn't know that was a sequel to the the chase uh, yeah, they're all all the chases are there. Right. Um yeah. Chase chase Yes, chase is also there, me and anyway, so one the chase. Um... <laughs> and it's chase car. Um so and I'll cut to the chase. Okay, no. Uh yeah, no, it, it's you um the chapter that we played, uh one person plays the maniac, the other person plays like the campers or like there are several people they play the campers. Um, and it's quite fun because the maniac, it, that's what they re it's, it's referred yeah, to in the game I, as. Yeah, not a big not fan not of the name, yeah, no. Not a great fan of the name. So let's go with the killer. Um, the killer um, is uh, moving in secret. Uh, so you have your own little kind of um, uh, screen so that your movement is hidden, but you just kind of note down where you're going to be. And when you like hit the third, like a third, the third round of gameplay then you have to tell um the campers where you were three rounds ago so they're trying to kind of mitigate like where they're going based on where you were but sometimes there are like um bits of the board that can lead you quite far away from where you were three rounds ago and like you can also 
if that's when you're playing Mr. Killer, you can go across the lake and that'll put you on the other side of the camp altogether and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, basically we ha I had to, uh, the campers have to go around and collect the cabin keys in order to get into the cabins and hide there in the first phase of the of the game in order to be safe from, from the killer. And I thought it was very interesting. The map is huge. It's huge. Um, and um, it's a very interesting kind of method of taking on the whole um, slasher genre in board game format thing. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks quite promising. I'm eager to see the ne how the next chapters progress and like how, yeah, if it steps it up a bit, if it's it, if it hits it out of the park or if it's just kind of like a meh. But, but yeah. I don't know if you read ahead in the rule book, but mm. I don't want to spoil things for you. Uh, would you carry on? I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently in the later phases of that game, mm. the survivors kind of turn back and, like, try to basically win against the killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so they have the, yeah. a, a means of, like, escape or something, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, as in they start hunting the killer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like, <laughs> it's like a turnaround is fair play situation. Mm. Uh, so yeah. But so I thought that was interesting when I was yeah. reading about it. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that's fun. Mm. Yeah, I kind of uh, like the fact that the killer is the one who's hidden rather than the the ones the that campers, they're chasing. Yeah, because yeah, it normally mm -hmm. feels like the people running away are the hiders. Yeah. But here, I guess it's almost like that, like the classic Halloween thing where. Michael Myers is able to just be anywhere. Yeah, yeah, in, in a cupboard. Just like appear suddenly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's uh, interesting, like uh, way of playing the game that I haven't seen done before, which I'm uh, quite intrigued to continue playing. So, Probably. yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Nice. All right, I mm -hmm. think that that I say an hour and twenty minutes in Woo! is everything that we played, or at least everything that's written on this here list. Uh, but it's yeah, it was a really busy show. Like there'll be more to come from Essen, both on the website yeah. and the YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of interesting games, and yes, we will we will bring them to you and tell you what we think. But for now, let's move on over to some questions from the audience, which yeah, we yeah. did last week because we were in Essen and I didn't have them with me. Uh, if you'd like to send a question to the Dicebreaker Podcast, you can do so at podcast.dicebreaker.com. Or if you're watching live each Friday from 2pm BST, uh, you can just drop it in the chat. And we appreciate your questions. Hey, ask us anything you like. doesn't have to be about board games. You can just tell us what you've been playing recently and what you think. Or you can ask us something entirely different. Mm -hmm. I've not been able to do that in ages. It's mm. been bottling up inside of me. It's been really hard. <laughs> I've been like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to explode. Oh, she's going to blow. First um, up. Yeah, Matt, do you want me to read this one? Do you want to read this one from Ryan, please? Absolutely. Hello, Dicebreaker team. Here is a throwback question for you from the OG days of Dicebreaker to see if your answers have changed since the early days of the channel. If you were stranded on a desert island, which three games would you take? All expansions for a game are fair game, in my opinion. Wow. I'm interested to see how slash if your answers may have changed over the years. Have a lovely day, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Mm, thanks. All right, what do we? What do you think? To be honest, I can't remember answering this question in the, yeah, the distant past of twenty twenty. Yeah, that was uh, a while so ago. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna go over my own stuff. If do either of you have games in mind? If not, I can I can go. 
I think I... it depends on who's with me. So oh. that's the that's the thing. Can I choose who's with me? Oh yeah, that's true. If you take a load of like big group games and then it actually turns out you're yeah. stranded alone on this desert island. You and Wilson. Like, oh. Mm -hmm. I think in the context of the question, we're allowed to take who we like with us. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that that's the the scenario. So Matt Jarvis. What are your free dozen island board games? Okay. I think I would take chess. I know that it's an obvious one, but <laughs> chess, look, I'm no good at chess. I feel like there's a big, long learning curve that would keep me occupied. Mm -hmm. Also, those pieces are very durable to sand and water, mm -hmm. whereas cardboard games, I feel like, would not last long in the heat and they would get bleached very quickly. True, true. Okay. So I think I, I would like take gaming chess. Oh, hey, look, valid. I've, got, mm -hmm. I've been given the ability to plan ahead. Like, is it likely I'm going to be carrying a chess set onto every, like, flight that I take over vast amounts of sea? Probably not. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, though, the worst game to end up on a desert island with is one of those tiny travel chess sets with all the tiny, tiny pieces that oh, normally oh, they're normally like in the Because you're going to lose those yeah. straight away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a turtle. Um, a turtle will definitely eat them. <laughs> so, Just, I think yeah. I would take chess. I think I would take... Does it have to be board games? I can't remember if Ryan, if they uh, specified. Oh, uh, let's just games, okay. Games. Yeah, three games. So I would take an RPG of some kind. Mm. Let's say that I would take Blades in the Dark, maybe. That's, mm. It's a very good Blades RPG. Blades in the Dark is a good pick, yeah. yeah. Two, and 2d6, Blades. very useful, can be used for other things. So mm. yeah, let's let's take Blades in the Dark, run, run a campaign. Uh, we'd probably have to improv character sheets out of coconut shells or something like that, scratch them into trees, uh, whatever's on the island to hand. Uh, and then I would take... You know what? Combining with that, I'm going to be highly efficient. I'm going to take Perudo or Liar's Dice mm. uh, because that's got a lot of D6, so if I lose any, I can still play Blades in the Dark. Uh, but Perudo is a very good bluffing game. Again, it's cups, yeah, so classic. very easy to play. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think it would get lost or damaged easily can also so, use it for yeah. water if you find exactly any. yeah <laughs> chest lies dice and blades in the dark mm -hmm. those are my free games nice very nice me in hmm. i would take <laughs> uh six nymph because <laughs> six nymph is a game that i will play for ages and then get really angry and then come back to it like a few hours later and be like, I'm going to play again. <laughs> is angry the thing you want to be like, you, well, you're already stranded on the, if you read Lord of the Flies, right? Down, like afterwards, then you just be like, okay, I want to play Six to Mint again. Because I always get angry with it anyway, but then it, when someone is like, do you want to play Six to Mint? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and my brain is like, remember what happened last time? <laughs> remember what this game did to you? And I'm like, shut up. I'm going to play Six to Mint. So I'm, yeah, Sixth Nymph, All right. it's a classic. Uh, I would also bring a copy of Root. Yeah, baby, best board game ever made. Uh, cannot dispute. Uh, because it, like, we've already talked about how every time we play that game, or at least every time I play that game, I get slightly better at it and also I learn mm. more about it. It's your chess, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's my chess. Yeah. Like, I'll just keep... I'll play it over and over. And again, that'll be one I'll have to like. It's also quite, yeah, it's quite cut. Yeah. I feel like you're bringing games that are just going to result in. Really yeah, make me mad? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's going to be um, a Lord of the Flies situation, I fear. Yeah. Um, Born of the Flies, the get it? Because yeah. it's a board game. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, I don't. Oh, I want to play some. I want to bring something very light-hearted, like to diffuse tensions after mm. diffuse tensions. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. Let's say like a nice dexterity game. Oh, like... that's a good call. Junk cart. Or I suppose you can't really play junk cart that many times though before it gets a bit old. Is it is junk cart randomized or are the the rounds always the same? I can't remember. There's different variants, right? So okay. I mean, if we get bored, we can always invent our own rounds. Um, I don't. I, t I feel like Team Three is only going to make us angrier. I absolutely will not be taking part in Team Three. Thank you. No. Um, <laughs> if you want to know why, yeah, you can I check out the video on the channel. <laughs> Cube Quest or something. Cube Quest. Oh sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cube Quest. There you go. Uh, yeah. Or or um. Catacombs or something. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll say cool. I'll say catacombs, uh, Rue and Six Nymph, and hopefully I survive long enough to be rescued. So <laughs> All a my, day. My yeah. fellow players, mm. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liv, what are you bring into this beach uh, game party? I, I mean, I answered these questions fairly recently, I suppose, but um, I think that my answers would have changed. Uh, although one that remains the same is like I want to have all of the <laughs> the latest source books for D and D, so I can just, just have... it says uh, all expansions, so D and D and all. Yeah, I mean that. that was that was what I answered with in my first set of questions anyway. So um, so there's that and like you know it's like oh here comes a supply drop array and it's just like. Because it's like a bunch of the Not source food. books. It's just the yeah. yeah. source books. And I'm like, yeah. Standing under that, <laughs> like, by the way. <laughs> no, you don't. We know where they're stranded, but they've got to finish this campaign first. Yeah, and it's like, let's go. Um, that will keep you interested for a good long while. Yeah. It will. I will finally know all there is to know, specifically about 5e. But if they want to drop me some other editions, they can do that as well. Um, who is they? Uh, <laughs> is it Wizards of the Coast? Are they sending this? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I also mentioned something. I think I mentioned like betrayal for like the replayability oh, of it. Are good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I like just the fact that it's gonna be different most of the time. Um, so yeah, I would probably stick with betrayal. Maybe betrayal at Baldur's Gate to to, to like get that whole synergy going. Yeah, sticking with a the theme. I, yeah, yeah, sure. I respect it. Yeah, you got. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The biggest thing when you're cast away is yeah, brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got to be on brand, Matt. Um, always on brand. Uh, I think the last one would probably be something like, um, I think Eldritch Horror. No, <laughs> <laughs> you just put it in the sand. Um, yeah, I think Eldritch Horror because like that, I think has a lot of replayability to it as well because there are different mm -hmm. like monster gods and different cards you can draw and um it's also super long so like will yeah. i even finish it by the time i get rescued who knows probably not um, um i'm imagining you playing cheating moth and then there's just like a bird there and you just <laughs> open the bird's mouth and <laughs> just, wrap, just wrap it up and put it like a little ribbon around it and I'm like take this and my sweet and feed it some yeah, fun fly it away. yeah <laughs> excellent uh, that's yeah, me thanks, Ryan. Mm, thank uh, you Ryan Mian would you like Hello. to read this one from Kay Collier please yeah I'll do that uh, Kay Collier says non-board game question uh, you can only do one would you go back to the past to change something you regret or go to the future to see how your life turned out. This is a very heavy question. Oh wow! 
Hey, look, uh, we said okay. we'll take any question. We'll take any question. Uh, yeah. This is the question we're taking. You've doomed us by saying that. Now we've got to do these existential crisis questions. I know mine. <laughs> don't live. Uh, I would go back to change something I regret um, because I don't want to know how my life turned out. I want it to be a surprise. Yeah, so. I feel like the seeing the future is a scary thing because Messing then you're, you're, you're pre, like, it's like predestination, right? It's like you know that it's coming. Mm -hmm. So, if yeah, I'd probably changed. just go back and apologize to someone if I, like, upset them at some point. Yeah, kind of same. Yeah. Like, I don't want to <laughs> butterfly affect it and make a huge, huge thing, but there are, yeah. you know, I've made mistakes in my life. I'd go back and just I, like, hey. I would go back. I would go back, like, a few minutes and not eat, like, that chocolate bar I had so that I could <laughs> eat it again. Is that Such a, a big regret? regret? Yeah. <laughs> just repeating the same thing. That's just re like it's not Bernard's watch. <laughs> Bernard's watch. Oh. I yeah. wish I still had the chocolate bar. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sure. It's like a yeah. Bernard's. Yeah, I don't want to go there. back too far and then mess something up because, roughly speaking, I'm happy with where my life is at the moment, hmm. and I'm worried if I go back and change something too much, then I won't be. I could be better. I could be married to Tom Hiddleston right now. Mm. Yeah, we could be living together in a lovely yeah. house. Eating health supplements. Eating health supplements. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll just... Was that related to the question or, or, or no? That was just... No. <laughs> this is just a general musing. Yeah, just like, I could... Uh, this is something I could... <laughs> general musings of I could wake up in an enormous bed. And with an enormous my, man. My... This <laughs> 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 is a really big vision of Tom Middleton. Yeah, mm. and I look around my enormous room, studio apartment. <laughs> a studio like, home. Where the hell am I? And then, like, through the door, there walks my husband. He has to duck underneath the... Yeah, the, yeah the my thing. enormous like, husband. Yeah. <laughs> Like Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, wait, yeah, I'm married to Lady Dimitrescu. You're married to Lady Dimitrescu. Okay, I've got you. <laughs> look, I, I'm not sure this is in the vein of the question, but look, it's. Yeah, Would you there. rather um, a thousand tiny husbands or one enormous <laughs> husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Would you rather be married to loads of tiny husbands mm. or one enormous wife? <laughs> I mean, this, this question is relevant to so I don't know. But... I mean, I would, I would, if not obviously, go for the ma the yeah, enormous wife. Go yes. For the wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course I would. <laughs> I don't know. The, the... Like think of all the. Got to keep an eye on them. Think of all the. Yeah. <laughs> think, like, you, think of all the little chores they could do for I you, me and. You, you got your own little like Santa's workshop going on <laughs> with your, your tiny husbands. <laughs> Look at my tiny husbands. <laughs> Don't speak to me or my tiny husbands thought, again. Just, like, putting them into a workshop. <laughs> Like, I know! Cows sounds... upstairs milking, you've got tiny <laughs> yeah. husbands downstairs, you've got <laughs> your incredibly tall wife. Can I have both? No, <laughs> you must decide. Uh, no, but it's, it's Sophie's choice all over again, everyone. Um, um, thank you so much, yeah, Kay yeah, Collier, for uh, the... we didn't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I answered it. Let's, let's finish off with this quick one from Truce to which I'll read which board game tastes the most like lemons uh, I'll be honest with you I don't know maybe when I was a kid I probably 
put one in my mouth or licked one at some point, but... Well, this could be a uh, metaphorical question. Okay. What 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 one do we think would taste most like lemon? I'm trying to think of the most yellow board game I know, mm, but I'm yeah. struggling. I, I mean, banana gram, but banana grams would taste like bananas. That would be very Unless. confusing, yeah. That would be, <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, very confusing. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like, like life sharp. gives you lemons. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I mean, some game. games make my, make my face screw up mm. like a lemon. Mm. Like when I get angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe the the pieces from Azul... I'll tell you what, the, the pieces from Stained Glass of Sintra, Azul Stained Glass of Sintra, like, they are... They look oh, like yeah. they could taste like lemons. They look like they could taste like lemon sherbets. Mm-hmm. What, what are the... Is it, um... What game has, like, the loads of little different coloured, like, gems, and they look like sweeties? I can't oh, remember what game Curios? we were talking about. Curios? That was Curios, the game we played way back then. Definitely Curios. That we, we mm, yeah, we They look like a... Know. What are they called? The tiny little, like, gem things. Like, gem sweets. Oh, I Not I midget gems, know. but like the hard, crunchy ones. Not midget gems. The Literally the sweet called midget gem. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what these crunchy hard sweets are. Mm. That's that's fine. I'll I'll live. You know what? I would go back in time to thirty seconds ago where I introduced this part yeah. of the conversation, and I would wipe it from all. <laughs> I just have to note Chase Carter, um, a notable legend, put in the chat something that made me openly laugh out loud, which is like a Reddit thread. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the problem. <laughs> I don't understand what this is. (laughs) My 31 (laughs) male has 190 husbands. Are you united? Oh, that's good. You could only support it at that point. Yeah. They gotta get together. <laughs> um, but I'm the enormous wife in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody Does that wins. Mean you have to shrink down to get the enormous wife. No, 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 no. She's just—it's like your generic height, and then the tiny okay. husbands, and then it's really tall wife. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, the little yellow pieces from Trivial Pursuit is my answer. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Jesus. The little oh, lemony, little lemon pieces, the mm. lemon pies. Lemon pie. The lemon oh, delights. I'm a big fan. Yep. I can see that happening. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I think... feel like this is the set down yeah. <laughs> That is just about all the time we've got this yep. week. Uh, and Lord knows we filled it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. For all your questions, of course, you can send them in uh, podcast.dicebreaker.com. Let us know on Twitter at joindicebreaker. Uh, you can find everything that we do on dicebreaker.com and also youtube.com slash dicebreaker, which may be the channel you're already watching. Mm, but subscribe. If you're hey, go on head over. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for being here, Liv Kennedy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us, Alex Meehan. Yeah, uh, it's been great. Uh, I think there's spooky stuff next week, maybe. Spooky season is upon us. Mm. Spooky spooky. It's, there are scary things going on. If I have anything mm. to say but about no, it, <laughs> nothing, nothing scarier than managing my hundreds of tiny husbands. <laughs> <laughs> that note, 
<laughs> on that note, I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you for listening and or watching. Stay safe out there. Enjoy your weekends. And until we meet again next Friday for the Dice Breaker Podcast, have a lovely day. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.